0: Okay, so today is our last Sunday without a series. (laughs) So um, next week and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a series all about water. Um, I wanted to do the whole series on waterboarding, but I realized a couple of weeks on it was a bit of a stretch. And at the end of it, we'll be doing a Q and A about waterboarding and it would just be so dead. So we're not going to do that. So we're going to do a whole series looking at water, different parts of the Bible and stuff, but we will be mentioning what waterboarding and baptism have in common even if I don't know what they are now. <laughs> we will find one. Quarters in common. Yeah, so um, that's kind of what we're gonna be doing. Um, it's gonna be a really unique one because actually I realized in all the time like we've done Sea Hill, um, we've never really focused on baptism. So I thought it'd be cool to chat about it, what it means, um, what it meant for them, what it means for us now the opportunity that it is and then we'll look at in the summer, I totally knew you were going to do this to me, you suckered me in with the good behaviour before the service and um, I just thought it would be really cool and then for those, anyone who does want to get baptised, we'll be doing a pretty alternative baptism service or we won't be waterboarding anyone, we're not going to like switch our whole church culture, be like no we don't believe in. Full immersion. We believe in waterboarding. We get the truth and repentance out of them through a towel, water and a bowl um, and a jug. That's how we roll at City Hill. No, we don't going to do that. So, that's going to be our next couple of weeks. And um, today, we're going to be looking at a passage, well, we're going to be look- We're gonna read an entire book of the Bible today, um, which is, is pretty dope. It's um, 3 John 1, which is only a chapter long for those of you in the know. <laughs> And uh, some of you are like, oh, but, oh no, not Genesis. Like, <laughs> Psalms, oh dear God, we're going to be here for a while. Like, I hope you guys book the week <laughs> off work because uh, we, will, we will make it through Psalms today, even if it kills us. So, um, yeah, I've gone for one of the shortest, if not the shortest book in the whole Bible. Um, yeah, so the elder to the beloved um, Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all will go well with you and that you will be in good health. So John starts off his letter, um, addressing it to this guy Gaius, who's doing an awesome job where he is. And um, straight away, he ex- he expresses um, that um, he prays that all is going well with him and that you may be in good health which like I'm not going to be funny like when it comes to like a spiritual practice prayer is not often as we approach it a revolutionary idea <laughs> but I think actually in today's context starting off your letter straight away he's saying he prays for this guy and he prays for him and that's, that's, that's cool, that's, that's great but it's, it's pretty obvious but actually one of the things I, I find is often my, my prayer life gets really, really caught up in this really unhealthy place where I just pray about me and things directly in association with me. So like, if we look at that on the global village scale and how that works internationally, it works like this. When it comes to a hashtag of a natural disaster, Paris will always trump any terrorist attack in any African country that you want to think of just because of proximity. So Paris, like, it's just, it's, like, you can go to Scotland, which is still within our sovereignty, and um, it's just as close as going to Paris. So because of that proximity to us, the pray for hashtag for Paris um, was huge, and then Facebook jump on it um, with their little flag and stuff, but all the other countries, it's kind of like, it uh, doesn't matter if it's worse, it's just bang. It's not directly associated and directly connected to us. And so, so often, one of the things that happens is that we end up praying, I guess, just for us. And I mean, obviously, um, John knows Gaius, but I realize that even if I think about everyone in this room, everyone here right now, like how often do I, do I pray for everyone here? Like, I might do it like a sporadic one, but one of the things, that as I looked at this passage here, like that was such a bait thing, but when I think about it, actually, that's a huge thing. And that's a huge thing that I don't do that this passage straight away, like we haven't got into anything deep and I'm already getting mashed up because I realized that my prayer life evolves around like, Lord Jesus, I have this need coming up right now. Lord Jesus, I have this want coming up right now. And it's like, he's like my holy ATM. And um, that's not, that's not who he is. And even if I remove money from the equation, I'll be talking to him about the crisis I'm going through, the situation I'm at. And it's like, meet me, do this, da, 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 da. Whereas actually, I think one of the key things God wants to do through prayer is to change not only the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, who we see Him as being and how He wants us to have His heart for others. So sometimes when we pray for other people, we start to feel like an affinity and identify with their situation in a way that we don't normally because He's drawing us to this moment of action. So John starts off with that. I want to encourage us this week to mix up our prayer life. So whenever you're praying and you're about to pray for yourself, hold it for a sec, put yourself to the back seat, pray for someone you'd never normally pray for, Um, pray for someone who wouldn't be the kind of person you'd normally pray for on your normal week or or evening or whatever. And so just grab someone completely random uh, and go for it. So he prays for him to be in good health and that all goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Like he has no greater joy than to see people around him doing well. That's a huge thing. I've said so many times like in City Hill history, I don't know if I've said it recently, but if someone can't celebrate something good that happens to you, they're not your friend. You can't have a friendship where people can't celebrate you. So sometimes things can be going sucky in your life, but that's the sign, the ultimate sign of a good friend. And here you can see John is a good friend. And someone that I want to be, I want to be, be a good a good husband that even if my job were falling apart, I celebrate my wife, I want to be a good dad, even if my wife's falling apart, I celebrate my daughter. Those things are bait and easy, but like there are some friendships where you see like they go to that next level where they get something just ahead and you're like, man, why can't I be succeeding like that? Why can't I be getting that contract? Why can't I be getting... That opportunity. Why can't I be getting the opportunity to to do that in this place in this time? And sometimes we find ourselves not being celebrating, not celebrating others, and just celebrating ourselves and wanting others to celebrate us. And there's something deeply disturbing about that. When we want us to be celebrated, but we're not prepared to celebrate others, that's a health check alarm. But also, this is a great way for seeing around you and evaluating your friendships. Because there can be some people that we place as really key people in our lives, but when you think about it, you're like, right, when's the last time I told them this happened to me, and they went, yeah, 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 but I just got a bigger TV. Or like, you're like, oh, this was going on, but yeah, yeah, cool, 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 you know, enough about you, man, you're always talking about you, bang. And then they're like, boom, 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 and you're like sitting there like, rah. There have been some friendships down the year that I had people in my life that were kind of, I would say, probably the most important friends to me. But like, when I look back, I realize, actually, they didn't ever really want to celebrate me or anything that happened with me they just always wanted me to celebrate them and so one of the good characteristics and the type of person we want to be is we want to be like john here i have no greater joy not like oh man i'm pretty happy about this i have no greater joy than to hear that you're doing great that you're walking the right way that you are full of truth Um, and then he goes beloved it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers strangers as they are who testified to your love before the church. You would do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that they may be fellow workers for the truth. So here what he's talking about is there's some guys that have rocked up and been a part of their church, a part of their local community, basically are going on to do wider mission they're going to do mission somewhere else they're going to serve god in some capacity and these people are going on and they're like they've made a decision we don't want to be like a we're going to share the good news with people who aren't like us gentiles non-jews so these guys are jews so people who are different we've gone to share the love of god with people that are different from us so we don't want to be a burden. We don't want to be sharing the good news with them and sharing this gospel and then going like, "Oh, cool," but after that, I'll be like 10.95. <laughs> like, what were what, you? What? Yeah, what? So like, they don't want to do that. So they just go out in faith. So he's saying, we've seen and we've heard. Guys saying that they came among you, they were with you, and they, you knew that they were just going off there to do this, and you just supported them in that. That's a great, great thing. Now, when it talks about this, it's talking about in relation to missionaries. But actually, I don't. I was reading this passage and that is what this is about and I'm not trying to twist this to something else I'm just saying how it inspired me and spoke to me It spoke to me in this way I thought about us and I thought about if the Apostle John knew of City Hill and knew of us And he, he was to say these words about us It is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers Strangers as they are who testified your love um, Before the church, Ecclesia, the, the gathering, the people Um, and you would do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Now, we may have, like, for me, I didn't see that as missionaries. I saw that as anyone who steps foot in this church, anyone who comes here. Like, if we have someone come that we've never seen before, that we don't know before, like, I want John, I want more than John, I want God to be able to say this of us. It is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. That when a guest comes, they're like, that's it. They are getting loved. They're getting cared about. I'm going to remember the things they say to me. Like when I used to do the, the coffee sh- shop out here, like I remembered every conversation. Like intentionally every conversation. So I'd chat to someone and I'd ask the same question every time. Same question just because then it was easier for me than keeping everything in. So I would always go, got any exciting plans for the week? So they're going to tell me something that matters to them. It's an exciting plan. It's not what you're doing today. Oh, I've got to go test. Go to buy some nappies. It's not that. What are you doing that's exciting this week? They're gonna tell me something exciting in their life. And then someone will go like, oh you know what, it's my friend's leaving do today and I'm really excited because they were such a good friend I'm so excited for what they're going on to do. Next time they'd come back to grab a coffee. Oh, how did the leaving do go? Man, you should have seen. They lit up because I remembered about the leaving do and that mattered to them. And then all different people would be sharing, and sometimes people would share really big things like, oh man, please, like, oh, wish me luck, man, I've got a, I've got a meeting today, I'm trying to get funding for this startup. oh, I'm so scared. And they are like, oh, you did great, and you empower them, and you, you have this opportunity. And so when I look at this, I think about anyone who comes here, like, what I want me to be, what I hope all of us want to be, is that type of person, that when someone comes, that's how they feel. Now because this kind of thing and this passage and others like it have impacted me so strongly um, This week and the last couple of weeks this thought that like we are a place where someone comes and like We we don't just leave it to chance But we are I want us to be a hundred percent intentional in how we love and how we serve people Um, I've actually signed up to um, a church systems course in America I'm not going to America. I'm doing it online, obviously, Like, yeah, see you later guys, just want to let you know. Ciao, au revoir. No, I'm, I've done it online. Um, and um, yeah, at first I wasn't going to do it because I thought, oh man, should I really spend the, the church money on this course? Is this really a wise idea? Is this not a wise idea? And then I checked around a few different people. Have you heard of this organization, what they do? And they were all like, oh my gosh, you need to totally do it. We've used them, they're amazing. And as I started to listen to these different guys and they do case studies and all the different churches they visit, and they share them around and they share different ideas and everyone incorporates them. And they just like had it just literally within the first like week of doing part of the course but checking the other freebies they sent me, my mind was just blown about how intentional they were. How like, they were like, you know what? That person may never come back again. Doesn't matter. We're giving everything we have for that one person. Like, what's your website for? Oh, it's for Communicating Church. Not anymore. So for that one person that comes that might visit. It's that one person who turns up. and They have these systems that they want to put in place that we're going to be putting in place um, very, very soon. So like On the website, we've changed it. I haven't fixed it yet. It doesn't work. But I'm on that. Um, we're from now on the front page. It says, plan a visit. Someone can plan a visit. Sign up their email address. They get an automated email straight away immediately. Going, great. Touch base for you. What week are you planning to come? and then we'll fill it in, we'll connect it with different people or whoever wants to volunteer in that capacity to touch base with them. We'll then straight away hook them up with a person that that week wants to be the person that's responsible for like, loving, loving on them, taking care of them, introducing them to everyone, making a fuss. Like I just want people to feel like I would want to feel if I stepped into a church. Like you're hearing what I'm saying? Like you get there and straight away they're there. And not only that, through the automated emails, the three that will go out to them, the second one will ask something else about them, maybe, oh, have you got any kids? We know they've got two kids coming, a boy and a girl from the conversation, from the email they've sent us, which we, someone else has responded to, and then bang, there's gift bags with like little stuff for their kids straight away on the Sunday. You see what I mean? Because straight away, God is saying over us, beloved, oh, their friends are gonna hear about it. Their friends are gonna hear about it. He hears about this from other churches that are speaking about this because they've been blown away. I couldn't believe it. I was hanging with these guys. I told them I was going to Macedonia to preach a message and I'd do something. I told them I was stepping out in faith. I didn't ask them for a single penny. I didn't ask them for anything. And bang, they were there and the money was there and they gave it to us. We were able to do it and then someone's life got changed over there. There'll be people that will come to us in the coming months that are gonna be here they're going to sign up for the website. Like, if you have a friend you're going to invite, go, oh, totally go to the website. Bang. They sign up. Bang. They get, like, VIP treatment. We'll find some red carpet. Whatever, man. We'll roll it out. Like, straight away. And then straight away, whoever's on the door that week will know, ah, oh, James, it is so cool to see you, man. We've been expecting you. And we a fuss of them, and then we'll plan sign up for their second visit. Because, literally this, like, I started to think about, how did Christ make me feel when I first met him? Now, I had a lot of baggage and I had a lot of situations and I still, at a different stages in my life, had a lot of baggage. And you meet him and it's tough and it's painful and it hurts because you become aware of that. But ultimately, when I met Jesus, everything got lifted off. I felt lighter than I ever felt. I felt taller than I ever felt. I felt about 10 foot tall. It's just leaving in that way. And then I thought... If we are his house, when God talks about his church, talks about the house of the Lord, and it talks about his house, his family, I thought, who do we want to be? How do we? How are we going to make people feel? Someone may come here, like Marv for uh, um, Christmas had a, uh, brought a friend, so cool. Like she, she wasn't, she was like atheist. She wasn't even like, I'm on the fence. She came Christmas, and she loved it. She was, oh, it's really nice, da, da, da. She hasn't been back since, but we made a fuss of her, and that's awesome, but like, I'm not saying if we did more she'd come back, no, but I'm saying she might have left even more buzzing. You're like, wow, I can't believe I met these guys and this is who they are and this is who they're about. And so reading this, and therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Now he's talking about missionaries, but then I started to think about this. We don't know that first time guest that comes that one week. We don't know where they're going. You don't know where they're going, whether it's here or somewhere else. Say that person comes here, gets plugged into this church, meets Jesus in a powerful way, and then we end up selling, sending Billy Graham on his way. You don't know. You don't know. I'm not saying it is going to be Billy, Billy Graham, but like you don't know who a person is. And so we're, we're going to be the type of church that regardless of whether someone is going to do amazing things for God, stick two fingers up and swear in the middle of the service we don't know but we're going to love them all exactly the same way because that is exactly how God has loved us I've written something to the church but um some waste man who likes to put himself first does not acknowledge our authority so if I come I will bring up what he is doing talking wicked nonsense against us and not content with that he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stop those who want um and puts them out of the church beloved I do not Do not imitate evil. Now, it mentions there about this guy doing really terrible things in this church. Now, in this case, these are really, really terrible things. Really terrible things. But, like, I haven't been to a church where someone has seen me and gone, like, Oh, sunshine, back out that exit, please. Um, (laughs) Round the side. Boom. Like, I haven't been there. I haven't. But I've been to churches that unintentionally do do things that say that. That do do things. Like, I've been to one where they're going, like, we'd love to have some young people. And then they sang, like, the deadest song I've ever heard in my life. Like, with these guys and that, I was in it. And I'm like, you don't want young people here. You've said a lie to me. You're this waste man. You're you're running something that's meant to achieve this, but instead you're doing the opposite. You don't want them there. You don't want to be welcoming. You don't care about the person that's coming among you. You're doing your own thing. And then when someone's not happy, bang, whoosh, out, see you later, ciao, cheerio. And like that's not who I want us to be. I don't think we'll ever be the church that is like this absolute dipstick that um, John is talking about. But if we're not intentional with our mind, like sometimes when I come to church I get so many stresses and things caught in my mind and Jody would be able to like cuss me out so quick. Luckily she's not actually here, she, oh, she's been Jody, Jodie, she's smiling. She can cuss me out so much that I get focused on certain things coming to church that I'm so focused on. Actually, if I was standing outside of myself, I'd be looking at myself going, you're a mug. Why the hell are you focused about that? Why do you care about that? But today, as we go to launch these new things, I wanted to encourage us all to be on the same page for here, but also outside of here, that we intentionally have other people as our priority. And that's how John starts the letter with praying for someone um, he says, "Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whatever um, does, whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil is not seen God." And D- Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not speak with pen and ink. Um, but I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you and friends. The friends greet you. Greet friends each by name. So even as he ends, like the last thing that I really felt God saying that, to share today, that even before anyone comes in through this thought, it's great to have something where um, we can use different forms of media if we want, we can grab the, the sermon series download and we can use that media on our Facebook or on our Twitter, we can send it to someone, we can invite them in all these different means and manners digitally. But um, ultimately here he said, I had so much to write to you, so there's a lot he wants to communicate. But he goes, I don't necessarily want to write it in pen and ink. I don't necessarily want to send a text. I don't necessarily want to send an email. Um, I hope to see you soon. I want to talk face-to-face. I think there's a power in a face-to-face connection. And actually, if I invite my friend online and I send him a uh, Facebook messenger or whatever, you know what, there's that There's that barrier before I, I, I even even get to it. It's, it's that, it's that different lines of communication. Like with work, if you've got an emotional thing to say to someone, whatever you do, don't put it in a flipping email. Like it is, you are, and and if you do, don't put it in a chain email. Like you won't just be messing with fixing someone else's emotions, you'll be fixing everyone's emotions for the next three months because you sent one email that was emotional. Emails aren't ever for emotions. That invite, if we believe that God is gonna impact someone's life, it could be the most important thing we do. Um, if we can't be face-to-face, that's cool, still invite, man, I'll still invite by text, my mates call me a waste man, whatever, that's cool, i go with it. But ultimately, there's those moments where, face-to-face, in that moment, where people value that quality time, oh, i just trying to catch up, you grab a coffee, like, how's it going, man, oh, you should totally come along to this, we're doing this thing about waterboarding, waterboarding at church? Yeah, waterboarding, we're going to waterboard someone live on Sunday. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not waterboarding, man. although I really, I really want it! But yeah, no, we're not. Enjoy your queue. But that is, that is it And then he ends by saying peace to you um, The friends greet you, greet the friends each by name So it ends with that kind of intimacy So what I wanted to pray for us today Is that we, peace be to you The friends greet you We're friends here And that we would encounter God's peace Lord would you come among us by the power of your Holy Spirit May we encounter your peace afresh May we be renewed, overflowing by your spirit, just like on a hot summer's day when you have that ice-cold water that refreshes us. May your spirit refresh us and empower us today, Lord, that this week we would, even before people got here and we intentionally loved on them and just absolutely blitzed them, Lord, would you use us this week to be that ice-cold refreshment to the lives around us that may be feeling the heat of life Feeling a bit scorched and burned, the moment may we be that refreshment that you bring, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So that is.